Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. Because of the coronavirus, many blind and visually impaired folks have to stay away from large social gatherings, but that hasn't stopped them from enjoying their favorite audio-described movies and TV shows in the comfort of their homes. To talk about some of these offerings, along with the latest happenings in the industry, is the American Council of the Blind's Audio Description Project's very own Joel Snyder. Hey, Joel. Hey, Brian. Great to be back with you. Great to have you again here, too. Tell us about yourself and what you do for ACB, ACB's Audio Description Project. Oh, my goodness. Well, I've been working with uh, audio description, uh, I guess, just about longer than anybody else, uh, which just goes to tell you how old I am. Uh, it, it all began in 1981 um, as a function of the Washington Ear uh, radio reading service in the Washington, D.C. area, where I was already a reader. Um, in fact, um, you know, with, I was a describer, in a sense, without even knowing it, because I, I would read the Washington Post on Sundays. How do you read the comics to people without describing the images? So I, I was a describer. I didn't even know I were one or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I was in 1981 when uh, Margaret Fanshteel, the founder of the Washington Ear, and a couple of others were... Uh, working with Arena Stage on accessibility, and uh, they had just installed assisted listening for people who are hard of hearing. Um, and Margaret and Chet Avery also said, um, what do you got for us? Uh, we're blind. <laughs> and uh, they just reasoned that if um, assisted listening is nothing more than a microphone on the stage, amplifying the sound for folks who are hard of hearing, why couldn't someone hold the microphone uh, off stage, uh, backstage, uh, in a booth, and describe images. So um, Margaret came back to the ear and got me and a few others together, and we began to hammer out the principles of what audio description would ultimately become. So it began in Washington, D.C., and now it's probably, I, I did a survey with the World Blind Union uh, last year, uh, and we estimate it's in a, at least 70 countries now. 70 countries, that's, yeah. that's yeah. a lot of countries. Uh, either performing arts, museums, most often with film or with uh, television. Um, so, uh, you know, it began in live theater, performing arts, and it moved from there to broadcast television on PBS, uh, which we piloted for WGBH in Boston. And then, um, and then on to VHS tapes. Remember those, Brian? Oh, yeah. Now, you're not old enough to remember. Well, I still have a VCR. <laughs> There you go. Good for you. And I, I have, have I have a couple. When I was just a kid. There you go. I, I still have a couple of them. Uh, don't use them very often. But uh, <laughs> so it went from there to DVDs, which is far more appropriate because with VHS, you could not turn the description on and off. It was either there or it wasn't there. Uh, DVDs changed all that. And now DVDs are, are going the way of the VHS tape, I think. And uh, most people are getting their entertainment uh, via streaming uh, from the internet. So, um, and many, many uh, streaming services now are including audio description um, with the titles that they stream. And we, we track that on the uh, 
audio description projects, website. Indeed, the American Council of the Blind has really been the leader in uh, pushing for audio description back into the 80s. Um, and about 10, 11 years ago, I worked with them to begin the audio description project, which uh, one of its um, many initiatives is to uh, maintain a website that provides all kinds of information about audio description, uh, the latest information about what's on broadcast television right now with description, what movies have description, although movie theaters are um, uh, not exactly populated places these days um, as we record this program. Uh, due to the coronavirus, of course, but a lot of people are are watching at home and streaming via uh, Netflix or or just regular broadcast television or other streaming services. And more and more of those services have audio description. We track all of that on the Audio Description Project website. Um, Fred Brack is the name of our webmaster. He does a great job following all of that. So I want to, I imagine I'll repeat this several times, but the website address is www.acb.org slash ADP. I'm writing it down on my hand as you speak. There you <laughs> well, don't put, you're supposed to be washing your hands regularly, Brian. Uh, I, I am. I'm washing okay. them. For, I'm washing them regularly for 20 seconds. There you go. Good for you. <laughs> Amazing. What's audio description? I understand we're describing the images of the performances and the actions of all those TV shows and movies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, you know, it's interesting for you to ask that, and I'm glad you asked that because um, people have been audio describing since prehistoric times, uh, oftentimes for, uh, to, to a sighted person who's looking the wrong way or to a sighted person, just you want to tell them what you were doing last night or whatever. And, and that is, that's, that's a kind of audio description. Um, but it, what has happened since the 80s now, it's developed into a professional uh, assistive technology, a kind of audiovisual translation. Uh, my own PhD is uh, in the study of audio description. Um, and there are a number of universities, principally in Europe, that uh, offer these master's programs and PhD programs Audio description is considered a kind of, again, audiovisual translation akin to subtitling. And it really, to do it well, to do it professionally, involves skills in, in observation, in, in language skills, being able to uh, use the language in ways that are vivid, that are succinct. Um, it really is an, a bit of an art form in and of itself. And that's what we... Uh, that's why the American Council of the Blind, one of its programs is to sponsor twice a year uh, the Audio Description Institute, where we train people in those skills um, in order to bring them along as describers, creating the language, writing the description, maybe voicing the, the description as well. Um, as more and more uh, uh, videos, uh, more and more streaming services come online with description, they all need folks to write those descriptive scripts. And um, it's become something of a cottage industry in the United States now. More and more people are, are actually earning a living um, as audio description writers, as voice talents. But also, I, I want to hasten to add, people who are blind, uh, consumers of description, who know about description, who have studied it themselves, uh, they, they are employed in this industry now as consultants, 
on the scripts that are developed as uh, uh, voice talents for the actual scripts uh, and actually creating them uh, orally, if you will, in the studio, but also as audio editors. Some of the best audio editors I know uh, are people who are totally blind. Uh, so it, it's, um, I think that's important uh, in the spirit of uh, nothing about us without us. Um, audio description uh, really depends on the contributions of people who are blind, the consumers of audio description. How do people access audio description? Well, it, it depends on the um, genre, if you will. Um, the, uh, in a performing arts setting, for instance, um, typically you would be given a small receiver, uh, just a cigarette pack-sized device connected to an earbud the, through which you would listen to the description coming at you from someone who's voicing them live, usually live, um, in that theater into a microphone and a transmitter. Um, some performing arts spaces now are, are experimenting with the pre-recorded audio description, um, where again, you, you, you are uh, given a receiver, uh, but you're able to um, either hear it um, as it's happening or it's recorded and you download it to the receiver or to a smartphone. Indeed, um, I think the future of audio description delivery in theaters, in movie theaters, in uh, uh, performing arts spaces, at home even, is going to be uh, in the cloud, if you will. People will download apps, and the apps exist now. The apps uh, exist whereby you can uh, actually, the app actually listens to what's happening on screen, and you download the audio description track to that film. The app pairs it, it syncs it with what it's hearing, and you're able to use your own smartphone, your own earbuds. Uh, you're able at home, for instance, to listen to description while everybody else is, is watching the movie without the description, if you have family members who are sighted, who don't want to listen to the description. So um, on broadcast television, um, it has grown up uh, to be delivered on what's called the secondary audio program channel. Not referred to that to it that way so much anymore, but it's it's just a separate audio feed that you invoke either with your remote control or there's uh, on <laughs> on screen advice, which can be tricky. Hopefully, you you have a mechanism whereby um, the screen can be read aloud to you. Um, we also deal with that on the Audio Description Project website, uh, helping people walk through how to turn on the audio description. And then folks oftentimes just leave it on so they don't have to go back and forth with it. Um, it's a little tricky right now because if you've got a sports event happening on television, uh, you'll hear uh, Spanish translation on that secondary audio uh, program. And um, that uh, may or may not be what you want to listen to. Uh, so. Um, Again, in movies, uh, movie theaters, and they're coming back, um, in performing arts spaces, you would be given a receiver uh, to, to hear the description. And it's important to make sure it's the correct receiver and it's correctly set for receiving description, not boosted sound, and, and that, it, 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 that it's working correctly. You don't want to have to be getting up uh, early in the film and, and finding somebody to replace the receiver for you, that sort of thing. So... Um, those are a few hints, I think, about uh, get, uh, how, to, how to get the audio description track in different genres. But again, I'd refer people uh, to the Audio Description Project website, acb.org slash ADP, uh, because we, we've got all that information there uh, in one place for you.
A, a few new TV shows with audio description are Lego Masters, that new Lego competition series on Fox. Sure. For Life on ABC, and Swamp People Serpent Invasion on the History Channel. Uh-huh. Can you explain That's right. some of these shows to our listeners? That's right. That's right. Well, you know, it, 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 it is a variety of shows that will have audio description, and it's the, the, uh, the networks that actually choose which shows they will have audio described. Um, and Swamp People is one of them. I'm familiar with that one, having done the description for a number of those episodes. Uh, so some of those episodes, you'd hear my voice uh, as the voice of the describer. But, um, uh, you know, the, the law that mandated audio description uh, right now, um, it, it's, it, it went into effect in 2012, but we're still at a, a really a small number of programs that are mandated for description. It comes out to about uh, seven and a half hours per week of description that's mandated for the top nine broadcasters. And there are hundreds of broadcasters, of course, and they're all on 24 hours a day. So um, that doesn't amount to a whole lot. Uh, hopefully, um, the ACB is working um, uh, hard to see if uh, we can't uh, have passed in the Congress a uh, kind of a, a version two, 2.0 of the Communications and Video Accessibility Act, which would bump up that mandate so it's greater than a certain number of hours, actually make it a percentage of all programming uh, that might increase that every year. That's how captioning developed uh, some 40 years ago. And now we're at 100% of programming has captioning. And why shouldn't that apply to, to description and, and programming and making it accessible for folks who are blind? Yeah. Any, any other audio description news you've got to share with our listeners? We well, you know, one thing I contest. Oh, the batty contest. Yeah. Um, we're uh, kind of in between uh, sessions right now, but uh, we, the batty conference, that's an acronym for the benefits of audio description in education. Every year, we call out to kids around the country who are blind to write us reviews of audio described videos or films. And they have come out in force. Uh, this year, uh, the winner was a 12 year old from California, Lena Mamara. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Mina Lamara. Mina Lamara, I butchered her name there. Uh, she reviewed the movie Curiosity Quest Guide Dogs. She did a great job. And we actually. Not only did she, was she our grand prize winner, she, she received an iPad mini and a $100 Amazon gift card. We actually flew her out to Washington to recite her review at ACB's President's Meeting and Legislative Seminar. And she was just delightful, 12 years old, and I'm telling you, she was one articulate person. She, she far more articulate than I was at 12 years old, I can guarantee you. I mean, so. <laughs> that is that is amazing. She's great. Now, what additional news have you got about audio description did you want to share with our listeners? Well, you know, I, I mentioned this uh, in advance to you, Brian, of course, uh, but, you know, in these, in these trying times right now, and uh, I think it's going to go on for a bit longer, uh, unfortunately. It may get worse before it gets better. Who knows? Uh, but it's, it's a tough time. A lot of folks are... are uh, self-quarantining, that sort of thing. I think it's good to, to laugh a little bit. And I've been trying to collect uh, uh, bits and pieces of things around the net that uh, 
uh, have fun with audio description. And I discovered a British comedian, Chris McCausland. He's blind. He's a blind comedian. And he has a, a short comedy piece that uh, talks about audio description and, and has a wonderful time with it. Maybe you could share a bit of that with your listeners, Brian. Yeah, let, let's, let's play a little bit of that real quick. Let's play it. Another Hollywood casualty has been the film A Quiet Place Part 2. I'm blind, but although I'm blind, I still watch films. I still call it watching a film, reading a book, going out to see me mates, because it just gets clunky, doesn't it, to be pedantically accurate about it all the time. And my wife will be like, where do you think you're going? Well, I'm just going out to listen to me mates. <laughs> Sounds rubbish, doesn't it? I do go to the cinema, though, because I do think the fruit pastels taste so much better when you pay £4.50 for them. <laughs> There's certain types of films I get on with better than others. You know, I don't really get on with the new brand of CGI, action-packed superhero blockbusters. I can kind of follow bits and pieces along the way, but mainly they just tend to be over two hours of nothing but explosions and wallops and bangs set to classical music. I might as well stay at home and put the knives and forks in the microwave. <laughs> Stick a little bit of Radio 3 in the background. <laughs> but the thing about the film A Quiet Place is it just sounded so interesting. It's a film about evil killer aliens. Evil killer aliens that are blind. These evil killer aliens use sound to navigate their surroundings and identify their prey before attacking them in a frenzied, gruesome bloodbath. How brilliant is that? These evil killer aliens aren't letting their disability hold them back from getting out there into the world, even though it's not even their world. The problem with the film A Quiet Place, though, is that it was really quiet. Because these evil killer aliens attack anything that makes a sound, the entire film was just everybody trying not to make any noise for 90 minutes. Which I'm sure you've already figured out makes it difficult to follow if you're only listening to it. It was 40 minutes before anybody even spoke. 40 minutes before anybody uttered a single word, and even then they just said things like, Shh. Don't say anything. I won't say anything. Be quiet. We don't want these blind aliens, and as an unfortunate consequence, anybody blind that is watching to know what we're doing. <laughs> They spent most of the film doing sign language to each other. <laughs> now, although this film was mainly silent, I wasn't left completely in the dark because what all of the cinema releases have these days is audio description, and I am sure you all know how that sounds. A man stands talking into a microphone. <laughs> He's middle-aged with a receding hairline. <laughs> I'm 42, by the way, and it's not receding, it's just thin. <laughs> But you've all probably at some point pressed that wrong button on your remote control. He mimes pressing a button on a remote control. <laughs> and being stuck with that annoying voice. He opens and closes his hand like a talking mouth. <laughs> Telling you every single thing that's happening. He scratches his face. On the programme that you're watching. He scratches his... <laughs> he looks annoyed that I told you that. But here's something that might surprise you. I find it annoying as well, because the truth is, it tells you way too much. Someone will go, See you later, bye. He closes the door. <laughs> I'm not 
what's stupid. I know what a door sounds like. I don't need you telling me every single thing that happens in the programme. Hello, my name's Steve. He enters the room wearing a green T-shirt. Exactly how key to the plot is the colour of this T-shirt? <laughs> audio description isn't new, though. I first encountered it in the late 90s. It was an extra audio track on DVDs that you could select so that if you were blind, you could get a DVD, you could sit down and you could watch a film on your own. Brilliant. What a fantastic idea. <sighs> the only trouble was, though, you needed to be able to see the menus to turn it on. <laughs> You had to find settings and then audio channel and then scroll down to wherever audio description might be in the list. I was stuck in French half the time. Bonjour, je m'appelle Steve. What, what colour is his T-shirt? But over the years, audio description has shown massive improvements. And as much as it does tell you too much information, and as much as I do joke about it, it is invaluable in allowing people who are blind to enjoy a whole range of TV shows and films. However, in the film A Quiet Place, it was pretty much the whole film. <laughs> if you were only listening, there was nothing else apart from the audio description. I mean, I'm not saying the film shouldn't exist. Of course it should. I'm just saying that if the audio description ends up being 95% of all spoken dialogue in the film, surely it's perfectly acceptable to think, do you know what, maybe this film just isn't for blind people. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't bother audio describing this one. Maybe we should just put a warning on it and let them know not to bother coming. Oi, this one's not for you. Stay at home. <laughs> because I'm perfectly happy with not everything having to be for me. I don't need to be included in everything. I would have rather saved myself the two hours rather than just being sat there bored listening to some bloke describing people doing sign language. <laughs> it was like being invited out for a lovely sandwich but then only getting the slightest whiff of it before somebody eats it next to you and just talks you through each bite. <laughs> so when A Quiet Place Part 2 finally does hit the cinemas, with audio description, I will definitely not be going. Instead, I'm going to stay at home, throw some knives and forks in the microwave. <laughs> it's probably not going to be better than going to watch the film, but there's probably not a lot in it. It's certainly going to be a lot less effort on my part, and the fruit pastels will definitely be cheaper. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> that was funny. That He's was great. Funny. <laughs> He's great. Absolutely. Irreverent, but wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, um, I think it just, um, now's a good time for all of us to be uh, sending those thoughts and prayers uh, out to our all of our friends and family and, and keep everybody safe and pray that we're going to have our ACB conference uh, as scheduled in July and the Audio Description Project conference. Uh, but the main thing is to you know keep everybody safe, uh, practice that social distancing, and wash those hands, Brian. And yeah, wash them, wash them. Yeah, he's washing. He's washing. <laughs> and uh, wear gloves and all of the all of the stuff that's been recommended. Yes, social distancing. That's Joel? right. Thanks for coming on again and giving us the info on audio description. I'm sure our of listeners course. are going to stay entertained and survive through this tough time. We in will. We all And will. world history. Thanks so much for joining us. You again. bet. Thank you, Brian. Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. 
My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. And my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at acbradio.org slash SOFTB. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. The American Council of the Blind is making a difference in communities around the United States and beyond. ACB in Action takes us to the front lines and behind the scenes to learn of the work of our national leadership, staff and committees, local state and special interest affiliates, and individual members. I hope you'll tune in on Tuesday at 9 p.m. and together we can get to know these movers and shakers among us. I'm Cindy Van Winkle, Membership Services Coordinator for the American Council of the Blind, and I personally invite you to join me for ACB in Action. Hi, I'm Donna Brown from Wild Wonderful West Virginia. While the radio waves are terrible in West Virginia, ACB Radio can be accessed in many different ways. Join me in listening to the various programming on ACB Radio. Thank you. This is Doug Powell, member of the Board of Directors, Chair of the Rehabilitation Issues Task Force, and Team Leader for the Information and Peer Support Team. I want to thank you for listening to ACB Radio. ACB Secretary Denise Colley. Good morning. I love listening to ACB Radio. Hello, it's Leslie Spoon from Orlando, Florida. Good morning, ACB Radio. Board member Michael Talley. They love ACB Radio, and I'd strongly encourage you to listen to it. Have a great day. This is ACB Radio, connecting the blind community. Connecting the blind community.